Well, hello and welcome to the Brian Hornback Podcast. This is episode 33. 33. Um, hope you're having a good week. Uh, it's been a good week for me, and I hope this finds you well. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the city and county of Knox. Hope you're uh, hope you're ready for that. Let me adjust this camera just a little bit. Uh, I'm wearing a wearing my Zach Brown band hat. I'm trying to get it in the picture. <laughs> Maybe not. Anyway, uh, Zach Brown band uh, hat. It's very worn, but I like it. It's got a flag on it. Uh, so anyway, that's a good 45 seconds of absolutely nothing. But hope you're having a good time. Um, let's talk about, um, city and county. Uh, the city approved the mayor's, uh, Mayor India Kincannon's budget, uh, this week. They did that, I believe, on Tuesday. Um, and, um, Amelia Parker tried to make some changes in regards to the, um, in regards to the, um, baseball stadium, I believe it was. Um, well, it, it, it was in addition to, the social workers are going to go with the, uh, with the police officers. Um, and so she tried to make that, um, council did not, um, go with her on that. Um, and so, uh, they passed the, the city budget. The county was going to pass a budget on June the 14th. Uh, they've moved that up now. So they're actually going to, uh, have a third public hearing on, um, May the 24th, and they'll vote uh, for the budget um, after that third public hearing on May 24th. Let, let me just vent a little bit. Um, there's been a lot of stuff going on in Knox County uh, in the last year since, let's just be honest, since COVID. Um, been a lot of issues with... Um, the health department, uh, a lot of folks have been showing up at commission and at school board, um, rightfully so, um, addressing their government. I might not agree with them on everything, but they have a right. They have a First Amendment right to speak to their elected officials. And um, so I'm in, totally in support of that. But when it came time to discuss the budget, um, Kevin Hill who was one of those folks that was um, uh, at a lot of the commission meetings and has been at a couple of school board meetings about the, the mask mandate um, is the only person to speak on public forum, public hearing to the commission about the budget. And what he talked about the budget was a very valid point. Why would you increase the health department's budget until we get the the results of the audit from the law from the lat from the lost vaccines? I'm not saying, and I've never said I was critical of the lost vaccines, but I've never said it was criminal. Now, when the KPD investigation was complete, and when the district attorney uh, opined that it was over. Um, you know, the health department's comments were, we're glad to see there was no criminal activity. Nobody from my perspective, nobody ever said it was criminal. 
Um, you can be incompetent and not be criminal. Um, and so I thought Kevin Hill made a very good argument. Uh, sadly, at the second public hearing, no one showed up from the public. Um, the commissioners really aren't asking the questions that I think ought to be asked. Um, you know, the sheriff is upset that he asked for 8% for his officers and he's only gotten a 5% in the budget. Uh, let's go through that. Let's go through that real quick. I think I've covered this on episode 32, but let's go through it real quick. The sheriff's officers or the sheriff's department employees are getting a 5% raise according to what mayor Jacobs has proposed. The count then, then the school employees are getting a full right at what mayor Jacobs said was right at a 4% raise. Now the county general employees are getting a 2% raise, but those that park in the city county building or the Dwight Kessel are going to have their parking paid. So that's the equivalent of about $45 a month, which is still, you know, that's 45 more dollars. That's not coming out of their paycheck. That's that they can use to buy groceries. I'm not opposed to it. Okay. Not opposed to it at all, but you know, Let's just let's just face reality. Here's my issue with what the sheriff is asking for. Sometime in the middle of the year, the sheriff gave some employees more money. Um, I know for a fact that two employees have been promoted to assistant chiefs or chiefs. Um one West Norris, and uh, I believe it was David Amber. Both of those were promoted to chiefs. Um, no commissioners asked about that. No commissioners asked about those those extra monies that were given in mid-year. Um, now, last budget cycle, Larson J., one of the at-large commissioners, uh, fought for and got a $1,500 bu- uh, bonus for the sheriff's department. That was great. Ultimately, by the time that bonus paid out in like December, November, December, um, the general county government employees got a $1,500 bonus as well. Um, That hasn't really been talked about. Um, So that's kind of what's going on there. My frustration is that it's it's, it's like the same thing I've said for years and years. If you don't like your government, when I ask you, did you vote, and you tell me no, then you don't have a right to bitch. End of story. Um, so, that's what we got going on with the budget. It's going to happen May the 24th. Um, I don't see, they originally said that the extra 3% for the sheriffs, um, he's asking for an additional 3% for the uh, folks that are captain or below. Um I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, they originally, uh, Chris Caldwell originally said it was $900,000. Now he says it's $1.2 million. Um, Carson Daly asked uh, at the meeting on May the 17th uh, if the commission voted for that, um, where does the money come from? Well, guess what, Commissioner? You've been on there for almost, uh, what, you've been on there for one term. 
and you just got re-elected in September, so you're in there for almost five years, you should know that if you're going to make a motion for more money, you got to tell the finance department and the mayor where that money's coming from. So guess what? You got to do the homework and you got to figure out where the funding source is coming from. And it can't come from the rainy day fund because salaries are in fact a recurring expense. So do your work. That's my biggest frustration with elected officials. They don't do their work. I've been an elected official. I understand how that works. Do your work. Do your homework. Know what you're talking about when you get there. All right. Now, uh, May the 20th was the filing deadline for those that are wanting to run for city council. The primary is the end of August. Uh, I believe it's August 31st. Um, I'll get you those dates uh, in another podcast, in in the next podcast. Well, let's talk about it. We've got five uh, city council races on the ballot. Knoxville city council race on the ballot. District 1, District 2, District 3, District 4, and District 6. Now, the way the city elections work, um, the district elects two in the primary. The district votes for two. So top two automatically advance to uh, November to the general election and that's a citywide election for those for those top two so the whole city gets to vote for um each they so when you go in august if you're a city voter when you go in august you only get to vote for one of however many are running the top two go to the general election then the whole city gets to vote for five one from each district make sense all right so let's just go ahead and say that in district two and in district three you ain't got a whole lot of work to do in august because in district two andrew andrew roberto the incumbent uh and kim smith uh, who i know i know them both um are running and there's no other opponents in district two so those of you that live in district two go vote for one of them but guess what the whole city is going to vote on either Roberto or Kim Smith in November. District 3, uh, incumbent Seema Singh and Nicholas Sapero are running. They're the only two candidates on the ballot. So those of you in District 3, go vote for one of them. But when you get to vote citywide in November, you'll get to vote for either Seema or Nicholas Sapero. Great. Those two races are done till November. Now, let's start back in numerical order. Let's go to District 1. District 1 is South Knoxville, blends over the river a little bit, um, but um, incumbent Tommy Smith, who was appointed by the council um, last year uh, when Stephanie Welch went to work for Mayor Ken Cannon, Uh, Tommy Smith is basically the incumbent. He's being challenged by David Hayes, who many of you may remember. David ran uh, for city council at large against Janet Testerman uh, a couple of years ago. Um, David has been involved in a lot of the social justice movement that's gone on in Knoxville. Um, And so um, David is running in that district race. 
and then also Elizabeth Murphy is running as well. So you got three choices. Those of you in District 1 got to select one. You either got to vote for David Hayes, Elizabeth Murphy, or Tommy Smith. I'm putting those in alphabetical order so that nobody can say I'm showing favorites. Uh, so that's your choices in District 1. So one of those will get eliminated in August, and it'll go to a runoff in November between one of or whoever the top two are in that race. Now let's go to District 4. Uh, District 4 has three candidates, just like District 1. District 4 covers a lot of North Knoxville, okay? Um, a lot of the Broadway, I don't really, I guess Fountain City, because Carly Malone lived in Fountain City and I think she represented that district, on over into like Holston Hills, I think. Um, but anyway, that's Jim Clinaris. Uh, he and his wife own Cafe Four and a couple other restaurants. Um, he, uh, they own the Kalamata Kitchen, for those of you that have been around a while. Um, his wife's a really great cook. Jim's a really good businessman, That's and I've told Jim that, okay? Uh, then there's a Jen McMahon. McMahon, uh, I've not met her yet. Uh, she's being supported by the city council movement. Uh, but uh, from what I've seen of her on Facebook, um, she'll be a strong candidate. And then there'll be an incumb the incumbent Lauren Ryder. Um, so that's Jim Clanaris, Jen McMahon, J-E-N McMahon, and Lauren Ryder. Um, again, um, there's already been a mailer that was sent out by a, a third party. Um that was negative toward Lauren Ryder. She's capitalized on that. And so she's, um, so that will be a very interesting race. Again, two of those three, uh, whoever the top two are in August will advance to November and the whole city will get to vote for one of those two in district four. Then in district six, and this is where I, this is where I kind of get messed up because the city districts are different than the county districts. Uh, East Knoxville for county is considered District 1, but on city council is considered District 6. So in District 6, we have Deidre Harper. Um, her family's been involved in um, business um, and uh, had some lawn mowing contracts with the county schools. Um, Deidre Harper... Um, a gentleman named Garrett Holt, um, who's a graduate of West High School, uh, is working in the medical field, I believe. I've met him. Uh, and the vice mayor, Gwen McKenzie. Um, and so um, that's an interesting race. Again, Deidre Harper, Garrett Holt, Gwen McKenzie. District 6 will elect each person that votes in District 6 will vote for one. The top two will advance to November. Um, if we go back about four years, there was a bunch of people, I want to say, I want to say as many as 12 people, um, running, um, for district six, uh, the, the top two were, um, Gwen McKenzie and realtor Jennifer Montgomery, uh, and Gwen McKenzie won in the prime in, in the runoff. And so, um, we will, um, we'll see how that shakes out. Deidre Harper, Garrett Holt, Gwen McKenzie. Now, Gwen McKenzie's husband, uh, Sam McKenzie, um, just finished his first year as a state representative. He's a former county commissioner before she became city councilwoman. 
uh, and then he ran this year and defeated Rick Staples uh, and just finished up his first year of a two-year term uh, in the state capitol as a state representative. I really like Gwen. Um, I really like Gwen. Gwen's a good she good people but i really want to get to know deidre harper and i really want to get to know garrett holt and i really do plan to have all of these candidates uh on the podcast at some point or or at least interview them and put them on the podcast uh so that you can uh, count on that happening uh before august uh especially the three especially the nine candidates um that are that are that have to have a, a positive vote in August. You can count on that. Uh, the county elections, man, have kicked off. Uh, they're not until May 3rd of 2020. Uh, I'm sorry, May 3rd of 2022. 2020, man, that was a year ago. That wasn't a great year, was it? Mm. Anyway, uh, the county election is our largest ballot. It happens every eight years. All the judges are on the ballot. Um, uh, everything in the courthouse with the exception of the property assessor, the law director, a few county commission seats and a few school board seats. Everybody else is on the ballot uh, that is elected. Uh, that will happen in 2022. Um, there's, um, um, and like I said, so with the judges, you, you really are, are, there's a state law about the financing on that. And you're not able to really start doing anything till a year out. Uh, but Dino Cole, a Knoxville lawyer, has already come out and announced his intent to um, challenge Chancellor Eddie Pridemore. Uh, and so he's already had a, a kickoff. He had that kickoff on uh, Monday, the 17th of May, at a restaurant in, in downtown Knoxville. Um, Sherry Witt, our Knox County clerk, had a kickoff last. Uh, uh, on uh, Wednesday, May the 12th, I believe it was, out at Chesapeake's, out on uh, Parkside Drive in West Knoxville, was very, very well attended. Uh, the very next night, on Thursday, May the 13th, Knox County Sheriff uh, Tom Spangler had a kickoff. He's already got an announced opponent in former Sheriff Jimmy J.J. Jones. Um, he had about 125, 150 people uh, out at Concord Marina, uh, for a successful kickoff, uh, he had the um, also at, at his uh, at his kickoff, uh, the sheriff from Anderson County, who's up for re-election this year, was there. The uh, sheriff from Blount County, uh, who uh, Spangler had worked for in the past, was there. Um, Tim Guider, the sheriff of Loudon County, who is um, not seeking re-election in twenty-two, but uh, his um, the guy that he is. Um, supporting to replace him jimmy davis was also there uh so that was interesting uh and then um on thursday may the 20th uh justin biggs uh who's a uh, knox county at large county commissioner uh had a campaign kickoff with between 250 and 300 people at calhoun's on the river uh he is running for knox county trustee justin has worked in the Knox County Trustee's Office uh, for about 16 years, since about 2005. Uh, has uh, most recently, over the last seven years, been the delinquent tax administrator. Uh, and so he is running for that position because the current trustee, Ed Schaus, has will have served two complete terms. 
and the 1994 um, term limit provisions have kicked in. And so uh, he is um, not eligible to run for re-election. That gives you a rundown of what we got to do in 2021 and 2022. I hope to be back soon with another podcast. Uh, I do want to say I've not I've not done it in the, in the last couple of podcasts, but I do want to give a shout out to a couple of the sponsors of BrianHornback.com. Uh, Just Homes Group, uh, Julia Hurley and her team uh, of realtors that are associated with Realty Executives. Um, out of the Farragut office uh, are, are sponsors of the BrianHornback.com and um, really appreciate her. And if you need any real estate, just go to JustHomesGroup.com. Uh, also, interagency insurance um, can write insurance in many states and has been in operation since 1966. Lou Moran III is currently operating that business. His father started it. Uh, and so uh, any insurance that you may need for your uh, business or person, uh, just uh, check out um, interagencyinsurance.com or simply Google interagency insurance Knoxville. Uh, they're over on Bomb Drive. And, of course, Matlock Tire Service, uh, five locations to serve you, Athens, uh, Lenore City, where they started, uh, Maryville, Farragut, and Hardin Valley. Uh, looks like I'm going to be headed down to Matlock Tire early this week. Uh, I need to get some tires on the on the vehicle because um, between work and between covering these uh, campaign kickoffs, I've been I've been uh, I've been losing some tread on some tires. So uh, we're going to do that. Uh, also, our good friends at the Tennessee Smokies uh, baseball season kicked off on May the fourth. They are also advertisers on the brownhornback.com and we appreciate them and, and they're having a, a good successful start uh, to their season. Their season will run through about mid-September, um, started uh, May, May the 4th and runs through September. So we appreciate them um, as well. So uh, with all that said, this will conclude this episode and uh, I would encourage you to continue to check out brownhornback.com um on a regular basis <clears throat> things coming up in the future is the knoxville utility board is wanting to do they do electricity they do water and sewer and they do natural gas for anybody that lives in in any of those service areas and if you live in a service area uh, like in knoxville um where kub is your service provider for electric water sewer and natural gas you have no choice that's your service. And now they are wanting to do broadband. They want to do Wi-Fi broadband service. Um, and so uh, there's a public hearing coming up on May the 26th, I think. It's a Thursday. And I'm signed up for that because I've got some questions. And I'm going through some of the details now. Um, so um, I'll be covering that. And uh, would... Uh, appreciate when I, there's a story up right now just about the fact that the board met for 50 minutes on Thursday the 20th of May and approved going forward along with a, several other resolutions that they were considering that day um, and so there is a precursor of us post up right now that you might want to go check out and then uh, we'll be covering that 
some more in the future. And I just yawned, uh, tried to stifle that yawn. But um, again, that's some things that we got coming up in the future. Uh, as always, uh, thank the good folks at Anchor FM. You get to hear that ad right before this podcast starts for allowing us to produce and allowing us to host and keep it there. And um, and then I appreciate all the other all the other forms where we're at: iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, um, Apple, Anchor, Pocket Cast, all of them. So anyway, with all that said, thank you all for uh, tuning in, and um, we'll be talking to you real soon.